had we not taken the leap to go down there, had I not said at the accelerator that we're going to get a team on board before the end of the program, which was me just like saying I could, having talked my way into a relationship with the Mariners and just going down there and being with them for four or five days, and then how that went into the investor coming in with a million, like I just look at all of that time and I think to myself, oh my God, if any one of those things did not happen, it wouldn't have come together. Thank you. And that's sincerely from the bottom of my heart for you taking your time to listen to the Talking Shop podcast. And I'm extremely grateful for that. If you enjoy my content and want to stay up to date with it, please consider subscribing to my YouTube, just at Matt Tomet, my name. That's where all of my podcasts and informational coaching and sports science videos are. If you want to stay up to date with my social media, that's at Coach Big Toe, Coach B I G T O E. And shoot me a DM. I'd love to know who you are, your story, where you want to go, and how I can help get you there. Without further ado, please enjoy. Welcome to TSP. I'm your host, Matt Tomets, and today I'm joined by Quinn Sadler, who is the founder and CEO of Plantiga, AI-powered health monitoring, a company that is kicking butt, taking names in the wearable IMU sensor technology insole, never been done before. We don't know how we walk. We're filling in that gap in the market, and it is a company that is very exciting to learn about. Super nice people behind the scenes with Quinn and Bobby and everyone else. I'm super excited to hear your story, share it with everyone else for a company that is definitely making moves. So hopefully I did you justice, but Quinn, first, how are you, how are you doing today? And I'm doing second, great. Thanks for that intro. You're very welcome. And second, what is the story kind of most fundamentally leading you to now? So without X, you would not or Plantiga be here? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think, so we're a tech startup. I think one of the things that was critical for us was funding and how we managed to secure a couple million dollars. Um, and it kind of just how it went down a couple of years ago was pretty crazy. So maybe I can kind of go through that. We had got into what's called the Creative Destruction Lab. It was an accelerator in um, Toronto. One of the things, it's like Survivor. So you show up every eight weeks. They start with, let's call this like 40 companies and they just start cutting down all of the companies. And it kind of literally is like ancient. Like they'll say, who wants Plantiga to come back and people put up their hand or they don't put, put, put up their hand. And in the audience are like literally billionaires and people who have sold $500 million companies. And like, I can't speak enough for the program. It, it was amazing. So we went there. And I told everybody that the future was sensor in souls measuring movement and that we were starting in sports. And I remember a lot of people just didn't buy it. They didn't think that they said, well, hey, look, there's catapult, there's GPS, like, where are you kind of going to like, how are you actually going to sell that? And at that point, I had had a little bit of a relationship going with the Seattle Mariners. So I was like, look, by the end of the program, I am telling everybody here we are going to have our first team contract. So you fast forward to the six or seven months of the program and we set these objectives and we're doing them. It was just an intense time. Uh, not really the story, but at the time my dad was actually not well uh, um, as well. So we're dealing with like family, intense times, you know, company trucking along. I managed to get the Mariners to invite us out to um, uh, the spring training. So they invite us down to Phoenix. They're in uh, 
Perora, I think was the, the area. So at this time, like we're like buying these plane tickets on our credit cards. We're going down there with prototypes that we have. And I know full well that the only way I'm going to get through this program is if I demonstrate to these entrepreneurs and people there that a team is actually going to buy Plantiga. So we go down there with, I think we have five or six different types of insoles. And my God, man, it started to break. So we had antennas that were breaking. So the data, we collect a little bit, then the antenna would break. Then we came back and we collected on a bunch of pictures. And then two of the devices stopped working. And it was just so intense because we're down there. I know that we need the Mariners to buy in. And it's just kind of not working the way that we wanted to. Now, during that time, we had a lot of like critical time with the team and we built a good rapport and we connected with them and we had lunch in their lunch rooms and met some of the players and showed them other aspects uh, of our data. But to be absolutely blunt, we were what you call like pre-seed, you know, like our technology was not really that, um, that developed. It was in that prototype stage. So we leave the Mariners with a good experience insofar as like we were there and collecting, but quite frankly, I think every one of our insoles broke, okay? Every single one of them. Now we've come a long way since, um, since then and we're not wireless for one of these very um, reasons. So we get back, I'm going back to the CDL accelerator and I ended up trying to kind of get the Mariners to give us a letter of support, kind of like a letter of intent that they really liked Plantiga. So I got this beautiful letter that was talking about where they see measuring forces at the foot going. And it didn't quite reference how our stuff failed, which was fantastic. I bring that back to this uh, accelerator. And if you can think of it, we're in an auditorium with like, 50 of them looking down on me presenting and going through what I've done. What was amazing is that letter actually triggered this main investor to be like, you know what, Quinn, I see where this is going. We're going to commit a million dollars. I was like, wow, okay. And then within the span of like two weeks, all these other angel investors around and we got like 2.1 million like there. But this was the caveat. The main investor was like, I want to talk to the Mariners and I want to see how that was. So I'm like, oh my God, I wonder what they're going to say. Because back to it, they all broke. I think we went down there with six of them. Every single one broke. So they, one of the main investors there who ended up joining our board, uh, she phones uh, one of the main strength coaches there. I won't say his name. Awesome guy. I don't think he's with the team anymore. Um, and he just lays it up beautifully. He basically says, we are the bee's knees. The product's amazing. He doesn't mention once that it broke. The company, the investor turns around back to me and say, oh, Quinn, we had the most amazing discussion with one of your first customers there. So your first team, like, that's awesome. We're fully in. And then that just kind of cascaded. We got all of the money and then we actually took that and developed the hardware so before that we had kind of like literally our bedroom prototypes and if i just look back on it 
Had we not taken the leap to go down there, had I not said at the accelerator that we're going to get a team on board before the end of the program, which was me just like saying I could, having talked my way into a relationship with the Mariners and just going down there and being with them for four or five days, and then how that went into the investor coming in with a million, like I just look at all of that time and I think to myself, oh my God, if any one of those things did not happen, it wouldn't have come together. And the way that hardware works is it's expensive. Like we took that money and now we make our hardware now. And now we're in, you know, 50 teams. And we've definitely validated the concept that teams are willing to pay and they get value from it. But at the time, three and a half years ago, there was this huge question mark. Like no one had sold this stuff to a team. And anyway, so when I look back at like a pivotal kind of moment in time, it's that, you know, four or five months and all those things that kind of went down. Had that not happened, we would not be here today, you know, and had the Mariners even just said sl something slightly differently and said, well, it all broke, then we probably wouldn't be here today. You know what I mean? Like any of those things and it would have changed. That's awesome. That's awesome. And just to create a little bit more context, I said a wearable insole, but it's this like little square sensor thingy that goes in your insole and your shoe. And then it measures, I don't even know how many things, but something that's never really been done before. So just to help paint a little bit. Yeah, of yeah. So, so what we basically done is we have kind of a high powered IMU based sensor, kind of like this. I should have brought them, and it velcros into a little cavity in the arch, and it measures with precision things like ground contact time, flight time, stride length, how the how the lower limbs move. We measure the reactive strength index. So RSI modified RSI. We do a very good measurement of speed. Um, we look at asymmetries, we look at jump, right? So you can kind of think it's like force plates with motion capture and with timing gates, all from a little IMU-based sensor. It's clinical grade um, accuracy. We've done a lot on like data validation. So really it's kind of like this uh, uh, next level performance tool, but instead of being able to collect this data in a lab, uh, we can collect it anywhere. And kind of what I really care about is the democratization of gate analytics. It's bringing something that very few people have ever had access to, to a much larger population. So, um, and in fact, when we were down with the Mariners, we had a completely different hardware where it was actually much longer. It had a flexible battery. It had an antenna, which I have now realized antennas, um, the, a Wi-Fi signal, um, or um, it doesn't go through water. And what is a human being? But, you know, 90 some odd percent water. So when you step your foot on an antenna, it doesn't really like transferring data. You know, that was probably a $400,000 mistake. Um, but uh, yeah, anyway, so that's the context. And, you know, we, we, it's always been about footwear-based measurements of biomechanics, essentially. Fantastic. Fantastic. Just yeah. to help kind of paint the picture. But I think the mm -hmm. coolest part of that story was, was, well, I have a question and I want to, yeah. which we talked about the first time, but I think that the, the coolest part was the letter. So that kind of set everything up. And, and the Mariners didn't owe you a letter, you know, like, like, like what's, what's typing up one or two pieces of paper to them, you know, but there was clearly something about that visit with how you connected with them, with yep. just how you like carried yourself that made them comfortable with all of the mishaps of the technology to say, you know what, you're asking us for a favor, you know, like, who totally. are you, you know, totally. you're, you're this guy that, you know, came out here and gave us this like 
faulty technology. So totally. I think it's, it's huge to put yourself out there again and to ask for that, but then also them to feel comfortable enough doing that, which I think is, is the biggest part of that story, or at least that I got out of it. But next, so something that we chatted about the, or that I asked the first time was like doing all of this stuff, kind of in the startup, you got to bet on yourself. You're talking with the, the creative destruction lab, this like huge tech uh, startup competition thing. And then you have all of these teams that you're flying out and all of this stuff. And you're kind of like, kind of like flying by the seat of your pants, but, and you said that you kind of like speaking off the top of your head. So yeah. kind of like, how did, how are you able to, to go from the CDL to we'll make it happen to go into the Mariners to then going back to those investors to then having like 2.1 million, like what was going through your head? You know, that old saying like fake it till you make it. I, I, I think it's so true. Not that we were faking it, but I don't think I just had a steadfast belief that what we are doing is going to be very successful and not just the successful, but I actually think it's like a gap. So I just come back to the actual problem. Like when an athlete goes out and performs and we collected on pitchers, we collected on hitting it just they just don't know how these guys move. So I think I just came back to the narrative more like I'm selling the problem that exists, not necessarily our solution, which solves the problem. So I think I did a really good job of describing that, look, there is this gap, whether we fill it or somebody else fills it, there is this gap. We don't really know how people move. And yes, there's stuff where they put IMEs on the body now and they have markerless and they put force plates in, um, in uh, pitching mounds. You know, that's an interesting thing when you take a force plate and you angle it. I don't know what, you know, I, I'm somewhat questionable on that just because I've done a lot of work with force plates. So when you angle that stuff, eh, eh, that's a different topic. Um, so I think it's just being confident and like really having passion that I did then and I do now feel like we are doing really, really valuable work. And I think just conveying that to them. So even though when stuff failed and the Mariners like came back and wanted to look at pitching data. So picture this, we have our laptops up. We have, you know, coaches standing around us and we're trying to bring up data. And then we realize that the signal is flat. We're like, okay, the antenna broke. And like, everybody's there being like, guys, like, what's up? And you have to turn around and be like, honestly, I think the antenna broke. And they're like, ah, that's so disappointing, Quinn. And you're like, yeah, man, it is. This is hard stuff. Like we're trying to put like, like this hasn't been done. It's not like Nike's done this, right? Like this is hard stuff. And I think I just kind of, I guess that's probably where I am good is I just kind of, yeah, like I said, their, their, their expectations and really just trying to pump up the fact like, and it's still today, like this work hasn't been done. So, you know, it's bound to have some mishaps. Um, but yeah, I think just confidence that we were onto something, which I believe today as much as ever, um, kind of saw me through some of those hiccups. Um, and I, maybe I think that's important for any entrepreneur or anybody doing any type of thing is you can't let those hiccups get in the way. And that's why you have to be, you have to have conviction that what you're doing is important. Yeah. Conviction, conviction, seeing it through kind of no matter what. And, and the word that stuck out to me was narrative, you know, sharing yeah. stories, lessons, and experiences in sports totally. performance and professional development, TSP. I think I forgot to say that in the intro, but oh, well. I'm sure that's your tagline. Like, like exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. and the story of Plantiga, you know, it's not, Oh, this technology that's never been done and this number and this number and that number, but it's like, no, there's this gap. We all move. 
there's this, you know, it's never been explored before. And we're here, like making it happen. We're going to put all these pieces together, you know, and, and that's what's going to stick with people. So, you know, people don't buy the product, they, they buy the story. 100%. You know? um, 100%. It's, it's not, it's not like a, a Nike swoosh. It's, it's like, or it's not a check mark. It's a swoosh. It's Nike. It's, you know, everything behind it and you put it on and how it makes you feel. It's but, Bill Bowerman. It's Beaverton. It's Oregon. It's running. It's, it's the, the waffle Ira making the first insult. Like it's the story of Nike and how they started. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that was a, a huge story, a fundamental story to, to Plantiga and where you are now and where you're going. So very cool. And yeah, next, thanks. I feel like I, I might know which story is coming up, but what is the coolest story thus far of your career? So basically, if you had to tell only one from your career thus far, what would it be? I think I had to do two quick ones, but one of them actually, when I was thinking after our last chat, honestly, one of the coolest things, like cool, cool, is we got selected by the NFL last year to be part of the first and future event during Super Bowl week. So they flew out me and one of my like right-hand guys, he's been with me, a guy named CJ Carr. They flew us out to Miami. They put us up in a hotel in Miami Beach. And we're like downstairs having breakfast. And Drew Brees is literally right beside us with a notebook, taking notes, what I think was his manager for like two hours. And, and you know, like I got to meet Daniel Jones. I've been a fan of the Giants since I was, you know, 10 years old backstage. And I got to, I got to meet, um, uh, Commissioner Goodell, and it was just wild. Like, talk about cool. Like, we're Canadian, we're from Vancouver, we're like on the west coast, a little bit of a hippier, smaller Canadian city. And then to get thrust into that Super Bowl vibe, they had us doing, you know, um, TV run throughs, pitch run throughs. There was events we got kind of uh, invited to, then we pitched. And that was crazy. And we got second place, which was amazing. And then we got tickets to the Super Bowl. So we're like at the press box watching the Super Bowl with drink tickets. Like the, the whole experience was just wild. So in terms of like cool, that was really, really cool. Um, and then just to talk to like, you know, NFL owners about Plantiga and kind of like, like at this one party, just being able to connect with some of these folks and they're like, oh, like you're that insole company. And, you know, like people at the Vikings. And it was, it was really cool, very validating. Also showed me that, you know, it's just a big business. Like the, the NFL is just a big machine and it's very impressive. And everybody was there. Like the, the, the whole NFL staff was so professional and so amazing. So that's one super cool, super how cool. Did, how did they find you slash you get selected for that? Um, so I, I think that just comes with, we applied, but the committee that selects, I, I came to realize one of the guys that sits on that committee knows our head of performance and science, a guy named Dr. Matt Jordan, knows of some of his work, had kind of seen some of the stuff that we had been doing over the last couple of years, took a look at our application. Um, I kind of, I think me and CJ had, had done it, but kind of just thought that what we were doing was great. And again, that's just why you need to get out there is kind of, they kind of knew us through some of our uh, team members and then they just thought that we'd be a good fit. So we were selected and it was just a phenomenal experience. And my son had just been born two weeks before and I was debating not going because I was like, I just am a new father. Maybe I shouldn't go like, honestly, and you know, good chats with my wife and it was only going to be for a week. And she was like, you definitely need to go. I was like, thanks, baby. Yes, I do. <laughs> so 
you know, it was, uh, anyways, that's one that was, that was such a cool story. That sounds awesome. Um, and and I, I can only imagine just like, it was like, you know, eating and just like, that's Drew Brees, you know, it's just like, it, oh my it was God. Right across. I could hear his conversation actually. So not that he'd ever listen to this, but Drew Brees had a notebook. I was like this thick with a pen and paper and he was just taking notes. Like, it's like he was in school. I just thought it was very um, studious. Like he was just dialed in. I think they were talking about all sorts of things and he was just taking notes and referencing notes on other pages. And it seemed like he was almost a student. Like he was just, he was so dialed in, like, you know, I have a book here too. So like, you know, notepad and taking it. He was just, he was just dialed in. And we sat there the whole time having breakfast and you kind of hear them talking about a number of different things. And it was just a cool experience. It was, it was, it was really cool. Fantastic. So then what's the the next story you, you referenced? Next um, cool story was, you know, even before the Mariners or the CDL, I had actually built a relationship with Tim DeFrancesco and Gary Vitti at the Lakers. And that was just, you know, through reaching out, writing a very heartfelt email to Tim DeFrancesco, again, about the pain point and saying, I'd love for him to connect. And then I don't think I had any money at that time. And I think my mom bought my plane ticket on her points. And I think I flew to LA and stayed in some like, crazy tiny room by Manhattan Beach which is by El Segundo and their little training place and I went in there and showed Tim DeFrancesco my prototype and just got to the sense where they were like this is amazing like, like we'd love to get some and I'm like get some like this is the only pair I have um, but it was just amazing and it was it was so cool and then building that relationship um, with Tim, which kind of goes by TD. And now he's with this group called TD Athletes Edge, which he runs, which is amazing. So, you know, we're friends still, and, you know, he's a part of what we're doing. But that story, I just know, it was just so cool going down there and walking into the Lakers, you know, place and all of like their champion. It's just, it was such a surreal experience. And then meeting Gary Vitti too, like what a legend, what a, you know, that man trained Kareem Abdul-Jabbar to Shaquille O'Neal to Kobe Bryant. And then we're talking about Plantiga and load and the type of data you can get from kind of footwear-based sensors and like where he thinks the world's going. And to this day, I will remember that day. It was just so cool. So cool. And, and going back to, to simply asking the Mariners for that letter, simply sending that email to, to TD. And, but the key was that it was heartfelt, it was genuine. And the word that stuck out to me was that pain point. You know, it's not necessarily that, that there are these holes in, well, I guess it is about the holes, but it's not that like, oh, there's this awesome data that we can collect. It's that you have this problem, there's these holes. It's painful that you can't fix those. Totally. And here's a and here's a solution to it. So I think it's it's really interesting when people when people frame solutions to problems as opposed to yeah. like here's the awesome things that can, that can come out of it. It's almost more valuable to paint it in this picture of this sucks, and here's how I'm going to make it suck less. You know? Yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. Totally. And I think that that resonated. Is I like I still remember their first email back or TV back, but he was like, "Yeah, Quinn, like." Load monitoring at the foot is something that we think is important. And like you, we also think we can't measure it when the guys are on the court, right? Like that's that real world. So 
it just instantly was like, yeah, like that's super cool. And I think we had a phone call after a couple phone calls and that's where I suggest, you know, why don't I come down there and show you? Um, and that kind of led into that trip. But yeah, I think heartfelt and, you know, to your point, I do believe it's so important to describe the, the problem your technology solves, not really your technology, because if people could get the data that our system provides from a circular quarter that they put in their pocket, they would do that, right? It's not necessarily, it's like a footwear basing. It's just, that's the means to an end to collect the lower limb biomechanical data with high resolution, we build predictive models. Like that's just how we do it. But really it's for kind of opening up and putting a lens on that area of biomechanics in the real world. And if we could do it with some other method, we would, and people would want that. So, yeah, I think uh, I think that's clear is focusing on what that problem is. Yeah, and and, and it's a, a means to an end, you know. So if you describe this end of here's totally. these pain points we're solving, here's these holes that we're filling, then it's like okay, so then how do we do it? Exactly. As, a, as opposed to describing, oh, it's the same soul, and you wear it, and then it's kind of like, what's what's the point? Well, what's yeah. the point, and who cares? And look. In all defense, I have done, I've learned this because I've also started with the technology as part of my pitch and understand that that is actually not the best way to pitch it. Sometimes I start with saying, hey, a powerful insole and this and that. It's like, well, that kind of falls flat because people are like, okay, cool, but like, who cares? Like, well, but if you say, look, this is what people cannot do right now. And we have an idea of how to solve that. Then that's a different conversation. How do you lead them into asking, so then what is it? You know, you start oh, with that end. Yeah, yeah. I, man, I'm still learning. I've been doing this for 10 years and I'm still learning. It's, you know, and because I kind of, because I wing it a bunch, I kind of make it up every time I do it, which I don't know is good or bad. Um, so I'm learning to refine that process more, but I think I'm getting much better at starting with the issue, not talking about the technology. The technology is a means to an end. And, and, and kind of understanding that it's about humans, humans, humans and injuries and lack of data and lack of insight. It's that. And then we just happen to help funnel that and bring clarity to, to that. But again, if we could do that with like a little sensor chip that you wore in your pocket, that would be better too. But you just can't, you know, you can't measure asymmetries with putting one sensor in your pocket. Even if you had two sensors in your pockets, it's too high up off the ground. You know, like there's reasons why a footwear-based system, system is so important. Exactly, exactly. And, and it's, not the, it's really not the technology itself. You no. know, it's, it's really what it does. So I, I think that that's a really interesting and, and unique way, but also practical way to describe it. And, and that definitely gave me a light bulb. So hopefully gave the, the listener a light bulb as well. Perfect. Yeah. So uh, next, well... If this is the next story, then that'll be the next story. But if you feel comfortable sharing, could we go through the, the Nike one that we chatted about really quick? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what, yeah. Um, so I get a phone call from Nike from the new products division, and they got wind that we were working with some team. I won't say the team. And uh, they ask us, hey, we'd love for you to come down. So we have a couple phone calls. We'd love for you to come down to Beaverton and we'll like, you know, we'll fly you down. We'll put you up in a hotel. Why don't you bring your team? Why don't you bring all your prototypes? I'm thinking to myself, are you kidding me? No way in hell. Excuse my language. No way, no way, no way, no way. And 
they didn't really want to sign a mutual NDA. Um, that was just a crazy, you know, interaction, which took like a couple months. But what that did teach me was they design backwards from their cost of goods sold. So like, let's say that they want to do like $5 worth of electronics. So I got some insights that the way that Nike operates is, yes, I'm sure they're doing a lot of smart sensor insole projects right now. But I think they're more like concept stuff, whereas in really the bulk of what they do is kind of general consumer. So the price point has to be like smaller than where we are, where we developed uh, Mercedes-Benz. They, on the electronic space at least, are like Hyundai's or Kia's, like just like more low end. So that whole experience of dealing with that giant and them like wanting to invite us down and me being like, no, 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 we're going to, you're going to come knocking on our door here in a couple of years, not right now, um, was just wild and also very insightful. So was your first instinct like, oh my gosh, this is so exciting. Or was your first instinct like a, a red flag or, or red how flag. did you, highly by the way? Yeah, yeah, highly skeptical. So my dad, so my dad founded Plantiga, some background. My dad actually got very sick with prostate cancer and passed away around that Mariner's time. So that's why it was intense. It was like family, family business, money, Mariner. Like it was just a crazy time. Um, but my dad taught me very, very early on that let's say somebody wants to buy us. They're going to do that because they're threatened, not because they like us. So if we ever want to sell or grow our own company and go public and, and we do, and you want to compete, you have to threaten, you have to be a threat. So what I instantly felt when they reached out to me is, oh, we're not a threat to them yet. So they're just looking at trying to acquire us, squish us, extract information, just kind of manipulate us essentially, which is kind of not a fault of them. It's just a big organization. So my gut instinct was highly skeptical and was very like, they literally talked to our engineers and were asking them questions. I think actually, yeah. So we got on a call with some of our engineers that were asking us about some of our wireless trials and tribulations. And I don't think it was a video. I think it was just a phone call. And as they're asking questions, I put my hand out to our engineers and I was like, do not answer that. Like, do not answer. Cause they're asking about like, so how, what frequency are you using your RF signal on? And how's your antenna placed in the shoe? And I was like, nobody talk, nobody talk. Um, Cause they're fishing. Like they want to know at the end of the day, they're just a bunch of people like us trying to figure this out. So we don't need to help them. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. And that's a, a super cool story that we chat about the first time. So I definitely wanted yeah. to, to get that one out there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so thank you for your, for your transparency and sharing that. My Super pleasure. cool. So next or last kind of biggest story, the story you're most proud of. So kind of like thus far, what's been the biggest full circle payoff moment? You know, there has nothing really to do with sports. And I was thinking about this. It's kind of more of like a, a smaller story, but it is kind of the most cool thing in the world. So we have been running testing from our office here in Vancouver in what's called Plantiga Labs. So people can come in and they can get jump testing, walk testing, sprint testing. Imagine like a full service lab, but again, we're like, we're charging like 35 bucks. It's really not about the money. It's about offering the service. So during the pandemic, we had a rehab hospital that closed. So this guy who has Parkinson's, 
who needs to get gait testing to monitor his disease, phones us up and asks if he, if he can come in. And we're like, of course, his name's Joel. So Joel comes in and gets testing. And what was amazing is just how much he responded to that. And he came back again and he came back again. I think he comes back every two or three weeks. He's now taking the walk testing data that we're giving him, which is like nice reports, time series graphs. We kind of analyze it with him as well. We have a resident biomechanist named Lauren. Um, but he's taking that data to his physical therapist, to his doctor. It's helping inform the programming. Uh, it's looking at his like average gait speed, which is like a really good measurement in Parkinson's as you look at that um, uh, disease, as well as asymmetries. And what's amazing for me is that is the democratization of gait analytics. Like that is exactly why me and my father founded this is just so he doesn't have to go into a rehab hospital to get testing with big clunky equipment. And in fact, he could just be doing this at home himself every time he goes out for a walk. And, you know, to me, it, it, it's such a prideful thing because I'm like, that's why we're doing this for people exactly like Joel. And yes, that's not sport. That's Parkinson's. But this is where measuring how somebody moves is so critical to health and performance and longevity. Because if his gait speed goes down, they need to start intervening. Like there are things where that is critical. It's like blood sugar levels for diabetics. Like it's a critical biomarker. Um, so that's why one of the things I'm the most proud of. And we're just getting that. Like, and again, like we're in, I don't know, maybe 50 or 60 sites. And we have tracked a lot of people in ACLs and Achilles. And we've actually kind of uncovered some stuff for where people look like they're predisposed for an ACL. And so we've done lots of good stuff, but I just come back to this Joel guy and just the excitement of being able to just collect this data empowered by himself, not has to go to a doctor or a hospital. I just, I love that. Like, I'm so proud of that. And I think that's just starting. Fantastic. And, and, and that was something that you shared the first time we chat about the, the democratization of data to the individuals themselves. Now you have contracts with some military operations, a lot of yep. pro teams and stuff like that, multiple countries, but kind of next, if we could just share on this really briefly, kind of this like vision of Plantiga is getting it more directly to the consumer. So if 100%. you could just chat about, if you could describe like the democratization of this data in like, in like, simple terms or like yeah, yeah, a, yeah, a, yeah, yeah. a two cents elevator pitch and then kind of like like how you're you're going to make that happen just for, uh just briefly yeah of course so the way that we move is tied to our health if we're in pain it changes how we move whether that's asymmetries or limb variabilities so measuring that is critical right now it doesn't really exist so if you're dealing with an injury, getting objective measures on your ACL or your Achilles or your hamstring or your disease or your performance. So we've been selling to teams, but this data should be in everybody's hands, especially if what you do for a living, your movement is fundamental. That even could be like a policeman, a military, like movement is, and being able to, to move at your best is a part of what you do and how you live that's where Plantica comes in. So we wanna be able to be offering our system basically like a direct to consumer wearable for any individual who cares about how they move. Um, we wanna be able to offer that to them. So how we're doing that is we're actually starting a beta program this year. So, you know, 
on top of selling into, you know, like we're acquiring maybe three to five customers per week, which is amazing. We really are going to do a beta program and open this up to individuals to be able to start tracking their movement. And then on top of that, actually work with our kind of, let's call this AI assisted biomechanists to also help make sense of that data and give recommendations and insights on how they move, whether, they're, whether their goal is rehab or performance or somewhere in between. Um, that's really what we are offering. So we're kind of offering this at-home ability to monitor your runs and your walks and jump testing, have our team help analyze and provide insights and reports on that and really help people understand their movement health um, a little bit more. That's a big part of what this year is for us. Um, and our goal is to kind of keep the spots limited to about 150. Uh, and over the next couple of weeks, we're actually going to kick it off. So Maybe in the show notes or with you, I can kind of send people a list. But if anybody's interested um, in joining the beta program, we're going to have some information for that here in the next couple of weeks. Fantastic. Yeah, you'll, that will definitely be in the show notes. Uh, that sounds like an awesome opportunity and, and fulfilling you know, part of the mission of, of Plantiga is get this, this data available because it never has been before. So a very, very exciting project coming up. So, right. so two more kind of things. Uh, the most the first of the two i guess words are hard so i'm all about the stories lessons experiences stuff like that the theoretical philosophical but at the end of the day we are all practitioners and we have to be good at what we do so if you had to give the listener one question something that, that they can start asking themselves today tomorrow this upcoming week to help them get better just a point of reflection what would that question be Good question. Um, I think one of the one of the things that I look at and kind of what drives me is for one is exactly that. We all need to get better. We have to look at what we do as a craft. So I'm in the sport performance world slash entrepreneurial, but I every single week try to be a better team member, a better boss, a better manager. I try to communicate better. I try to be better with our customers. I try to understand the product need more. So I think the question is, is yes, you have to get yourself into the mindset that you're actually not that good because we all aren't and we're always students. And that you have to teach yourself every day. It's like, how am I going to get better? How am I going to better my craft? And your craft could be writing better emails that are more communicative. Like it could be different things, but how are you going to get better? Because, and this comes back to kind of my second point there is like, life is so short. Like in a hundred years, almost everybody on the planet will be dead. You know, and if you think about this, when someone lives like a life to like 80 something is 25,000 days. So if you think, picture a day's a dollar. I spend for, I spent 8,000, 8,000 days growing up. My end of my life might be five or 6,000 days. So really you have like 10,000 days in the middle of your life. And that's you. That's all you got. So every day's a dollar. How do you want to spend it? And I think I remind myself of that, I meditate too, but I remind myself of that on the daily. 
And then I second that into like, how am I going to get better? And I feel like a lot of my happiness comes from pursuing and trying to get the better. Like at the end of the day, I am an athlete. I played a bunch when I was a kid and in university, like I love that. Um, I think that's critical for people to kind of build that pattern and that behavior in them is like, how can I get better and recognize you just don't have a long time. So if you don't like your job, quit it, right? Like go find something you like, you shouldn't be working for the weekend. I actually hate that term. Thank God it's Friday or, oh my God, it's Monday. It's like, man, every day is a day, right? It doesn't matter if it's Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, like it's just a day, you know? So that's uh, that's what I remind myself daily, um, and that's what I really encourage other people. If they if they do, amazing, and if they don't, they need to put themselves in that headspace. I think. Yeah, fantastic. So so it would be waking up, and it's like, how am I going to spend my dollar today? Or exactly, or whether, or whether it's brushing your teeth, and it's like, did I spend it wisely today? You know, hundred percent. Very simple, but did I uh, eat well? Did did I sleep well? Was I a good husband? Was I a good father? Was I a good friend? Was I a good son? Was I a good brother? Was I a good sister? Like you just like I I just because I'm so aware of how short life is now, I really cherish more each day and have a lot more gratitude and just want to do better and get better. You know, like it kind of goes hand in hand uh, for me. Fantastic. I love it. I love it. So we are, we are all wrapped up with the big questions, but I want to say thank you very much for your time. And now I'm opening up the floor to you to plug whatever you want to plug to, you know, share us and the listeners, wherever. So the floor is now yours. Gotcha. Awesome. dude. Thanks, buddy. And first of all, thanks for having me. This has been a fantastic uh, conversation. Your first ever Um, podcast. That's right. First ever podcast, man. That, that's a big deal, actually. I feel like it's a, it, it's a good omen. It's auspicious. It's been fantastic. Um, I think what I'd like to share is, so Plantiga, we're very much driven by the kind of thesis that the way that we move is very much tied to our health. And this is not our thesis. This is in research too, but like how you move is so valuable to understand, measure, almost build like what we call a movement signature. We've, we've started in professional organizations and in the military, but this beta program is what I'm really excited about because it's the first time that we're opening up the what we do, let's say, for some of the best players in the NBA, where we analyze their movements and help out with their rehabs, but we're bringing that to anybody. So I think the beta program is what's so exciting is it's not just our wearable and the sensor insoles. It's actually that with our biomechanical analysis, our like movement coaches. So we have three or four of them and we will be working with individuals individually, depending on what their goal is. Like it could be rehab or or kind of maintenance or longevity or performance goals. But I really, really want to get people in our beta program who share this curiosity for getting a better sense of how they move and how they can get better or if they're dealing with injuries, like just go back to injuries, like re-injury rates and ACLs as an example is a travesty, right? And it happens because like they push themselves too hard and they're just, we're not using objective measures. So my call to anybody is in the show notes, we'll put some links here to our beta program, but if anybody's interested or know of anybody, so that could be athletes or firefighters. But again, to me, this persona is somebody who cares very much about how they move 
And again, your Apple Watch, I love Whoop too, but it's like respiratory and it's heart rate and strain. It's kind of, but it's not my physical biomechanics. It's not my asymmetries and my limb variabilities and my workload. Like it's not really that on a mechanical level. So that's what I'm looking for. So anybody that would like to join that program, we're actually going to limit the spot. So we're probably only going to put it to like 150 um, for this year. And then we're going to start growing the wait list. But anybody that's interested would love for them um, to, to reach out and to fill out a little questionnaire and to join. Fantastic. That'll definitely be in the show notes. And where can the list listeners get more of you? Are, are you on social or, or what's the best way to, to hit you up? Yeah. So plantico.com uh, is our website. We have a ton of blog posts there too on, you know, jump testing and RSI and lots of the stuff we do for practitioners. Um, you can see us on Twitter or Instagram at the handle just at Plantiga. So that's P-L-A-N-T-I-G-A. Um, and we're active on both those channels and engage with a bunch of our kind of customers and users and all sorts of stuff. So we'd love to, would love to say hi anytime. All right. Fantastic. So this is, this has been awesome. I'm excited that we were able to kind of lift the curtain and, and share a little bit about the stories that make Plantiga Plantiga and make Quinn Quinn. So I'll say thank you again. I'm looking forward to sharing Thanks, this buddy. with everyone else. Cheers. Thank you.